Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this is the I Am Rappaport podcast coming live from the gloom tomb. I'm in here with my man G Moody. Yes, yes. And uh, we we're just talking about the. the I, I, I would say that the, this was a great finals between the Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was dramatic. It wasn't the best finals by any means, but they had a lot of great moments, great playoffs. And, and I have to say, G. Moody, I, I was trying to think of like what was the sort of defining moment. And, and because Steph Curry didn't win MVP, I feel like if he had won MVP of the season, MVP of the finals, I would have said that the defining moment would have been Steph Curry winning MVP of the NBA finals. But Andre Iguodala played great. So you could say, was that the defining moment? Was it Riley Curry and, and how much joy and, and sort of controversy, weird controversy that caused? Was it LeBron's greatness? Was it, uh, you know, the folding of the Clippers, uh, the, the, them, them dropping a three-to-one lead? Was it, you know, uh, Derrick Rose? W- w- I mean, there's, there were so many good. John Wall, they played good. Like, you know, they're, they're, you could say so many different things. But the actual finals, is it the greatness of Andrew Dre Igudala and the surprise of him winning the MVP? No. Is it Stephon Curry's incredible ability? No. Was it Della Vanova? No. Uh, it could easily be LeBron. It could, but, but, but I have to say, uh, the, 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 the moment that, to me, was the most defining of these NBA playoffs, and, and it's beyond the NBA playoffs, it's really a cultural moment. 
Because you know how people say about like the culture is different? Yes. And they say like, uh, you know, like, well, you're old and culturally it's different. Uh, you know, but I say like it, this is probably one of the most defining moments of of the of the youth of yeah. today because we're older now. That's right. These guys are 25, 26. It's their time. The, the 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 most defining moment of where we are at in the NBA this year, right? And during these NBA finals is is the moment J.R. Smith decided to show up to a finals game on a fucking scooter. On a fucking scooter with no handlebars, no nothing, with a shit-eating grin, and 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 some stylist dressed him in like you're gonna a be clown like, suit. No, you're gonna be like you're gonna be like Kurt Cobain today. It's like sort of like grunge, and and then you're gonna come on your scooter, and he's so happy. He's like, Yo, I'm gonna be the first one to ever do this. Shit. You know, he talks without his teeth. Oh, yeah, do it, do yeah. it. Yeah, come to the my scooter. He's like grinding his teeth. Yeah, he don't his teeth. Yeah, if you ever see J.R. Smith speak, you know, his teeth doesn't really move. He really gets really gets excited. I think that fucking seeing J.R. Smith on that square, I never seen him be. He wasn't that excited any other time during the play. I've never seen J.R. Smith <laughs> smile that much. If you see him in his pictures, he wants like he never smiles. Right. He rarely gets excited, even when he does yeah. something good. When his team wins, he rarely smiles. But coming in on that scooter, it was he was so fucking proud of himself. Yeah, it looked that. Yeah. It looked like he was he was so fucking just Happy. overjoyed, like a like right. a little kid had a new outfit on. Yeah, and he was gonna dress up like a like a grunge, like like Kurt Cobain day. It was Kurt Cobain day for 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 J.R. Smith. And you're gonna show up to to a game in a, on a scooter. Game six, your game five. I don't. It doesn't matter what it is. It Any game. It Any doesn't. Game. But it's the finals. finals. Yeah. And it made me think. It made me think that now LeBron James. Wants to get rid of the coach. There's, there's like you know that he does. It's it's pretty apparent that he wants to, but he's probably not because it would look so bad if he was to get rid of him. It right. would look so bad. But you you want to get rid of David Blatt, but but you allowed J.R. Smith to play in a, a finals game with you, showing up on a scooter, a big wheel, a fucking big wheel, a fucking tricycle. No, you, yeah, you 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 want to get rid? David Blatt's the problem, but that was okay, right? You're that's the guy you're in the fucking in the in the belly of the beast with. That's the guy you're in the fucking the the, the foxhole with, right? And he shows up in the fucking like it's Coney Island, and and you're okay with that. And you and they said you're a great leader. You're the great. You said you're the greatest player on the planet, and and you're you're a great leader, and you're all about team. If you're all about team, it doesn't always mean like letting things go. Like that should have he should have been made an example of. Yeah. Like you. You and J.R. Smith, like, me, me, what you talking about, me? Because which one are you talking about? Yeah. And then LeBron's like, you take your fucking scooter, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> scoot the fuck back to where you came from. You're not playing in this game. J.R.'s like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why are you bugging LeBron? Why are you tripping? He's like, if you were a real fucking leader, imagine Silk Wilkes. Imagine fucking Jamal Silk Wilk showing up to a game in Boston Garden versus the Celtics with, with, with the on finals on the line on a fucking skateboard or a unicycle. And coming in and, and imagine with the look on, on, on fucking Kareem's face. Mike McGee. What would Michael Cooper have done to fucking Silk Wilkes if he showed up to a game like that? On a skateboard. That shit would never, yeah. ever fly. Hell imagine yeah. someone jump on the, his ass in the hallway. Imagine if fucking Danny Ainge was like, yo, look at this shit. I'm going to show up to the game. Now yeah. I'm doing Danny Ainge as J.R. Smith. Showed up to a game. Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, and Kevin McHale would have stomped his ass yeah, out. Yeah, like, sent them home butt-ass yeah, naked. Yeah. 
It's a, yeah, yeah. And David Blatt's the fucking problem. We're going to have to hear about all this bullshit with David Blatt. And you're supposed to be the fucking yeah. greatest player in the world. And you let this shit slide? Yeah. I mean... Isaiah, you think Isaiah would have let motherfuckers What if John come? Sally showed up to, to with the bad boys run on a fucking? Let's just say it was a bicycle. A bicycle. Forget a unicycle. Forget something that you could have really hurt yourself on. Just a regular bicycle for the finals. How would that make like the fans feel? New, the, 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 the hardworking Detroit Pistons right. fans, and you think this is cool? That's not okay. Isaiah yeah. Thomas would have fucking, yo, he would have fucking Hell yeah. beat the shit out of John Sally. He'd have beat him up with the bike, dismantled it with his teeth, taken it apart with his teeth. Bill Lambier would have ate the fucking bike, and then they would have sent him the fuck home. What about if Steve Kerr would have came when he was with Mike and them on a skateboard? Mike would have fucking hooked off with him yo, in, on the hallway. Mike beat up Steve Kerr in practice. He snuffed him in practice. For talking shit. Yeah, imagine him riding down the hallway. Imagine he, sh- he showed up on a fucking thing. <laughs> Right, good. The Cleveland fans must have been like, yo. No, the Cleveland fans are so fucking happy to be there. Yeah. But you, LeBron James, as the leader, the great leader, you're the greatest player in the world. You're the great leader. That was okay. But David Blatt is a piece of shit. And Tyron <laughs> Lue is the answer to all your problems. T. Lou, get T. T. Lou, if you're so fucking dope and bout it, bout it, T. Lou. And you're such a great coach. You know how you could have got that coaching job? If you had fucking stuck that fucking scooter up J.R. Smith's ass. and ki- <laughs> Then they would have been like, yo, T. Lou should have been the coach. T. Lou's body But I bet it. you, T. Lou, what did you do when you saw J.R. Smith? I bet you gave him a pound and laughed it off. Yeah, yeah. You let that shit slide. And you've been in the championship. And you've been in the championship yeah. with Kobe. And that's why Allen Iverson stepped over you. Because yeah. he, knows, he knows you're not about that life. <laughs> I like T. Lou, man. Yo, T. Lou didn't do shit. Yeah, he He's got a, a coach. <laughs> He's a coach, and his players showed up to the game, and they want you want him to be the coach? Oh. That whole coaching staff. If I'm Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, I get rid of the whole coaching staff because of that. Right. Maybe. That's one of your players? He shows up to a game with that shit? Yeah. Get game, the fuck out of here. Game six. Danny Aiello. Oh, Danny Aiello has just joined yeah, us. Yeah, he just joined us, yeah. What's up, Dan? This motherfucker! Shit. This cocksucker! LeBron James, you dumb fuck you! I would have busted J.R. Smith's fucking teeth in! I would have broke that fucking scooter over his fucking head! And you call yourself a fucking leader? Pino, if fucking Mookie ever shows up delivering a fucking pizza with a fucking scooter, I'm gonna fucking kill that motherfucker right where he fucking stands. Pino! Pino! Oh, Chris, uh, Chris Bouchard uh, has come in. Oh. My sources have told me that LeBron James was not really upset. With J.R. Smith coming to the game in a scooter. My sources has also told me that Iman Shumpert was supposed to show up to one of the games on a scooter too, but thought better of it. My sources have also... That's the, uh, Chris Bouchard. That was good, my friend. Oh, wait, you want to say something else, Danny? Yeah. Oh, shit, Danny again. You want to fire the fucking coach? You motherfucker! You're a rich fucking man, Bron Bron. Big fucking deal. And you want to get rid of the coach. Yes. He calls himself a fucking leader. 
Get the fuck out of here. All right, it's 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 cool, Danny Aiello. No, please, man. Damn. He's he's too rough sometimes. Yo, I, I I gotta say, man, that's the fucking the image that I'm gonna walk away when I when when, when I think about NBA 2015. That yeah. that exemplifies not just the NBA and where we are at. It exemplifies the youth of today. Yeah. Um, just one more example. Remember when Doc finally got Moses and it was his last chance to win? Yep. Yeah. 83. Imagine if Mo Cheek showed up to the game. Doing the electric slide down the hall. Even that, they would have been like, yo, man, what the fuck? Doc would have fucked you up. Yeah. Mo, you know, we here to win. What did Moses Malone, yeah. you, you show up doing the, even if you showed up dancing. Doing Michael Jackson shit. Electric boogie. They would have fucked you up yeah, right there. Like, so you didn't even need to come in yeah. on a fucking. Close the door, we're going to fuck this guy yeah, up. Yo, yeah, yo, imagine, Mo, you do that if your center's Moses Malone. And, and, he, yeah. and Dr. J is like, yo, this is his last chance right, to win right. a final. And he's went through everything that his whole career. He's the doc. And you show up. Doc, doc prim and proper, cool and collective. Yeah. He would, doc, doc would have been like. And you come up, boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. With a fucking plaid shirt, cut off sleeve, a fucking a pair of skin tight jeans on a scooter with Doc. With a fucked up hat. With a fucked up hat. Yeah. Clint Richardson come out on some shit like that. Steve Mix. Imagine Steve Mix showed up to the fucking the the the, the spectrum. And Steve Mix and he comes down for, for fucking game, dancing. Game game two. They'll fucking jump him. See, that's the Yo, difference. That's the difference. Yeah. And people say, oh, well, you guys are old, you don't care. Well So what? That's so how what? It, that's how it was. That, and I like a, that way. Yeah, I like it that <laughs> way too. You couldn't do that shit with Kobe now. And it's good that you can't do that shit right, with Kobe. Right. You know you can't do that shit with Kobe. Yep. Kobe laughs at Nick Young and those guys, Swaggy P. Yeah. He laughed at them this year when they, were, when they won one game and they're jerking off. Yeah. More reason not to like LeBron. But besides the fact that he said, I'm the greatest player in the world. He is. Okay. But, but he said that. Besides the fact that he, he's in a movie trying to act in a real part, took a, like, which is a joke. LeBron. You didn't like his chops? He, you suck. <laughs> You're not a good actor. Okay, well, I'll say you you are the best player. And right. even I could separate church and state. Right. Like I have my problems with some of the decisions and some of the bullshit, some <laughs> of the you know, all that stuff. He's the best player. Right. I could tell you when you're you not see. a good actor. Right, when you see. It. I promise you you're not a good actor. Right. <laughs> Rest assured, and even if you were sort of a good actor, which you're not even sort of good. Like, you know, like, I don't know, an athlete who was kind of like, you know, Kareem kind of spoofed himself in movies. It was kind of like he was good for Kareem. You're not a good actor for LeBron. Like, LeBron James isn't even a good actor playing LeBron James. (laughs) So if you can't play yourself, shut it down. Yeah, you don't need to be in there. So I'm going to tell you, yes, you are the best player in the world, but maybe you should not be a SAG member. (laughs) <laughs> okay, maybe for the commercials right. with your Dre beats and you got your clothes off yeah. and your hair and you got your hair, the dust on your hair so you look like I have a regular hairline like everybody else and your shit looks good with the lighting and all that shit. Maybe that's good. But a real part in a real movie? No, I don't want to go see the Amy Schumer movie they that you gave coming. him a real part? It looks, the way from the ads, it looks like it's a real part. It's not just like a cameo, like right. one scene with LeBron. Right. Like he's like a friend. Like he's like the sidekick. Right, right. What do you think Omar Epps... And uh, Malik Yoba, they, and uh, yeah. what do you think they're saying? Right. They're like, that motherfucker. Wood Harris is like, that cocksucker. He just took a job out of me. What, did they cast LeBron James? Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, Wood Hollywood Harris shit. is like, what the fuck is going on here? So, so you didn't like Mekhi what you Pfeiffer saw? Pfeiffer is like, hey, I could, I, I, this is what I do. Right. They just put, they just they put LeBron in there. 
So you didn't like what you saw? I could tell you he can't act. I know he can't act. <laughs> and I could tell you he's not even good for LeBron James. You can't act, LeBron. Oh, fuck. So just, I'm going to tell you that. You say you're the best player on the earth, and I say you might be one of the worst actors on the earth. <laughs> so Not the, everybody's great at everything. Right. So the people who cast him, you don't think they know that? They see what you see. Okay. So why is he in it? Because it's LeBron James. They think it's funny. Like, oh, it's LeBron James. And they and the, in the movie, they call him... Le- they don't say LeBron. They didn't give him a character. He's not like Jeff or like Doug or like... He's it's not just a, LeBron. LeBron right. or LeBron but James. I see him. Oh, okay. I see. That's Hollywood shit. Yeah, that's whack. Yeah, that's whack. So you you wanted LeBron... You were you wanted him in there so bad. You, you might have... I didn't see the movie. And I fuck with Judd Apatow. Right. But I didn't see the movie. <laughs> But they might have compromised their entire movie, right? Just by putting him in there. Putting him in there. Looks like he has a role. He looks like he has a role. Yeah. Yo, yo, I heard about that guy Judd Apatow. Apatow, yeah, he he, yeah. he, he, he great director, great producer. I, I've known him. He, he forty year old virgin. Uh, all the Seth Rogen stuff. You shitting on my man Bill Cosby, like hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been speaking out against Bill Cosby. He's been real adamant about speaking out against Bill Cosby. And we, we, we were watching him the other day. <clears throat> but I never heard him get on Woody Allen with the same ferocity. That's a good point. I never heard him talk about this cat who married his stepdaughter. You know, I'm going to kind of leave that alone because I'm looking for a job from Judd Apatow. <laughs> Yo, but I, you, you know, I'm out here in the street and everybody wonders that. Why the double standard? That's that's cool. That's you know a good I mean? question. This is not a question being raised by me, Michael Rapport, because Judd, I fuck with you hard, uh, hard body karate. This is me, man. This is fucking me. This is what people wanted. Like, yo, why are you going at money like that when you don't go at this cat for doing, like, you marrying your stepdaughter? And, well, that's kind of wild. I would think it would be fair and balanced. Again, I'm looking for a part in the next Judd Apatow movie. I'm just out here on the beat. Uh, this the is beat. you. This is nothing to yeah, do with yeah. Michael Rapport yeah. and the Iron Rapport. Beep, beep. It's no disrespect to my no, man. Beep, beep, beep. I'm going to tell you something. Beep, beep. We, we support this motherfucker. Fuck him. You know, okay, beep, beep, beep. We support Judd Apatow here. I, I do. I don't know my, my co-host here. He's off the fucking rails. Man, I don't give a beep, fuck about that, beep. man. I'm fuck beeping that. you out. No, no, no. I'm beeping you the fuck out. marry his stepdaughter. Yeah, no, I beep, 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 beep. The I Am Rappaport podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattresses. Casper.com. It's an award-winning sleep startup. Go to Casper.com. $50 off purchase of any size mattress. Damn. Put in the code Rappaport, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T, Casper Mattress in New York City. You could keep the bed for 100 nights. You could get your freak on for 100 nights. If you do not like the bed after 100 nights, you can return the mattress within 100 days. That's a guarantee. The, the, the bed will be delivered between two to five days anywhere in the United States and Canada. Same day delivery in New York City. We do not plug. We do not support. We do not take sponsorship from anything we have not tried and we are not passionate about 450%. We uh have to do one more thing on Rachel. Oh, Rachel Dozel. Yeah, we have to get her. Rachel Dozel. She, uh, who, who, who's now saying she's a uh, bisexual. Oh. So she's a transracial bisexual. She doesn't know what the fuck yeah, she wants. To she didn't know she likes bases. men, women, black, white. But I'll bet you this. She only likes black women and black men. What do you think? 
correct the mood though. As long as it's black. <laughs> she probably only eats the fucking outside of Oreo cookies, right? right. She, she, she's like super black. She's like a mega black. Yeah. yeah. She's like three times black, like the group three times. Like, she's anything. She doesn't give a fuck what it is. <laughs> three times dope. Yeah, you remember that group three? Where they from Philly? They were from Philly, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but now she's she, she's a, she's a bisexual, transracial. She, she is she the first transracial? In our yeah, yeah. I never heard of yeah, this shit. I, I never heard of wild shit like that. Not not to not to the extent that she's doing it. Right. And and you know, <clears throat> you know, well, going back to when that fucking reporter when 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 Lauer and that other woman asked her, "Are you black?" And she says, yes, I'm black. With that little smirk on her face. Yeah. The follow-up question should have been, okay, were you at any time in your life not black? And were you at any time in your life white? When did you declare yourself black? Was it a, a day? Was it like a, a moment? Did it, did it evolve over time? Was it this was like a premeditated thing? Did it take a few weeks, a few months? Like, what was the moment where you said, I'm actually, yes, I'm black? And were you actually ever white? You fucking wackadoo. <laughs> you fucking nut job. You nutcase. She said, I mean, you know, she's not a dark-skinned sister, right? So you experience in life as a black woman, a light-skinned black woman. So... Uh, share with us the the struggles with that because elaborate. What do you mean? Because light skin within the within the black community within the, within the black community, light skinned people get treated a little different. Like how they get called names? Like what kind of names? High yellow. Yeah. Uh, what what what? Fair red bone. Yeah. So I wonder, did she get those? Did, yeah, well, she, I don't think she got that because as a kid, she was just white on white. So she missed out on that. But she says she feels black and she lives the black experience. But as a child, she didn't get ridiculed for being light-skinned. Right, which is what happens to light-skinned black people. In the black experience. So you but missed you out. You missed out on the first 30 years of the black experience. And maybe seven, five, six, seven years ago. Then, so she, she, she has the black experience now. She never got called high yellow or red bone or what else? Piss color. Yeah. All those fucking terms. Hey, where well, you're from, you're from where you explain in your neighborhood. Cause there was one dude in your neighborhood, uh, who I remember. Well, there was actually another white Mike in your neighborhood. He was so he's, he was black, he was black, but he was really, um, light skinned. They called him. White Mike. Yeah. Oh, no. Or Mighty Whitey. He Mike, wasn't even white. He's, he's black. Puerto, he's Puerto Rican. Half Puerto Rican, half black. And no, they, all Puerto Rican. All Puerto Rican. Yeah. But there was another dude in your neighborhood who was light-skinned, similar to the way, uh, like, Albie Shore looking or Stefan Curry. They call him Slave. Yeah. So, well, so tell me some of the things you witnessed about light-skinned blacks, like how they were treated with, within the black community that Rachel well, Dozel, since she lived the black experience, but not as a kid, she missed out on. It's a 50-50 it's a thing. Light-skinned guys are usually the pretty boys, right? Like Albie Shore, right. Steph Curry. So the women look up to them, and the guys don't really fuck with them too much. And what about light-skinned girls? They get fucked around with. You got good hair. She would have gotten her ass kicked. Right. If she grew up <laughs> in New York City with all that, all that light-skinned shit, 
She yeah, she lived yeah, a black yeah. yo. She would have got shit. She would have got her ass kicked. She would have had to fight. They always getting their ass kicked at least once or like twice. They they getting their ass kicked because the, because you're gonna be. It's just gonna be assumed that you think you're better than everybody because else because you have a lighter skin. But Rachel Dozel, Rachel, she Mit- didn't go through that. What, exactly. She was white. What black neighborhood you was in? It, right? You what, wasn't even living in a black she neighborhood. She was in fucking white farms, Idaho. We've right. said this. Yeah. So she missed out on a lot of the black experience. So how are you black? How are you black and when were you white? It's These the major the, question. That's the fucking major question. It's the Iron Rapport Podcast and we'll be right back. American Giant sponsors the I Am Rappaport podcast. Go to American-Giant.com. Check it out. T-shirts, sweatshirts, American-made, American-manufactured, really good quality, soft, rugged, hoodies, sweatpants, all of it. American-Giant.com. American-Giant.com. The slogan for American Giant that we created is American Giant Clothing. Champion. Can't fuck with this shit, yo. All right, all right. This is the I Am Rappaport podcast coming live from the Gloom Tomb in Los Angeles, California. The I Am Rappaport podcast studios. I'm in here with my man, G Moody. What up, what up? G Monetti. What up? We are uh, in the midst of the Los Angeles I Am Rappaport podcast tour. Just been out here in the streets. What uh? What have you noticed in L.A.? Uh, you know, uh, you you've been to L.A. many many times. We 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 were gonna. You the first time you came to L.A. was what year? Eighty five. Eighty five. Eighty five. So you've been coming to L.A. back and forth. Yes. Since eighty five. But this trip, what have you noticed? What have you enjoyed? Uh, I've enjoyed. Uh, Larchmont. Yeah, we hang out at Larchmont Boulevard. Every morning. That's good. So now if, if anybody wants to find me or I owe them money, Yo. that's good. Thanks for telling everybody that. Oh, sorry. Uh, fucking, um, of course, I love the weather. Yeah, you like the weather. No humidity. No humidity. The pool. You've been in the pool and shit. You can't swim. People don't know this about G. Monetti. Gerald Moody. <laughs> G. Monetti, the, the, the co-host with the most of the Iron Rapport podcast. He's, uh, how old are you? I'm 46 years 46, young, motherfucker. 46 young. Can't swim, though. Nope. Haven't been able to crack the code on that. Any reason why? I have I a I remember phobia, the first time kid. you told me you couldn't swim. I was like, it would be like as if you said you didn't eat food. Like, you don't, like, like you don't, you can't swim. So if I, if I get your ass, if I push you in the fucking pool, you're fucked. Panic. And then you didn't sink. And then sink and drown. So don't even try that. You can't fucking swim. Phobia. Who who out there wants to try to teach G Monetti, G Moody how to fucking swim? Can't I swim. I don't even like going underwater. I don't like that sound. Because you can't swim. No, no. Of That's course in you, your ears. You know that. You, you don't know the sound. You've never been underwater. I've been like, underwater. Have I you ever fu- been in a bathtub and 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 went under the water? Can you hold your breath? I can do that, but I don't like the sound. All right, but you're 46. You have a daughter, a beautiful daughter. I was yes. thinking we should get her on the podcast. He got a daughter. She's like a, a cuter, way prettier, better looking, funnier version of him. But without <laughs> the cursing and the, 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 the yelling and Imani all that. Imani C. Um, uh, 
Amani C. Moody. Uh, but we're, I was thinking maybe we should get a segment on her. Hook her up with my uh, my nephew, Duncan. Word up. Because Duncan's in sabbatical. Uh, people have been asking about... I, I, my, my nephew, Duncan... Was wilding out, got his fucking phone taken, which I think is a good thing. You act fucking dumb, cause these kids they're cracked out on phones. Yeah, they are fucking whacked out yeah. and cracked. So if you say you're taking their phone away, it'd be like when we were kids. If you said you can't go outside, now if you take their phone away, that's their entire yeah. life. They don't know what the fuck. They to don't do. know whether they're coming or going. You know that they take shits and pisses with their phones. These young kids. My son, my son. Uh, dropped his phone in the bathroom twice. Once while taking a dog shit, and the other oh. time while washing his hands after pissing. Oh, two times in the in the in the in the thing. They can't even shit without the phone. You know, probably the filthiest, filthiest with the contamination and the dirt and the germs are probably those cell phones. Because we all we pick our no, we're on them. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm cracked out on mine. You're cracked. You've gotten cr- progressively cracked out on yours. It's funny because. G. Moody, some of these things uh, I would love for you to see, but G. Moody has an iPhone. It's got a fancy iPhone. But um, you know like when your car has been through the snow and the storm and the window hasn't been washed? Somehow or another, your cell phone glass, it looks like uh, it went through some sort of tornado. It's not yes. broken. It's a fresh piece of... But do you, you know that there's things that you could use to clean it. Yeah. Do you know that? It looks like it's got like like smeared peanut butter and you wiped it off with like, like, a, like, a, like a napkin. Yeah. But no, not even a napkin. Like some like maybe some toilet paper that it got stuck. Like there's toilet paper kind of in... Like your cell phone is all fucked yeah, up, but it works good. It's terrible. It's never charged, but the glass, I noticed, is, is dingy. Heavy usage, my friend. But but why don't you? There's Windex for that. Like clean the fucking cell phone like that. Your cell phone looks con- yeah. like a, like a homeless person. I can't even. But see. But it's a nice iPhone five. <laughs> I can't see. Or- you can't see on you. Yeah. Okay. So so okay. So back to the. So you you you've enjoyed the trip. Like you know we've been out there with the people. Yes, we've been uh, all over. All over Hollywood and 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 the all mountains that, and all that the good mountains shit. still uh, searching for those uh, criminals. I think those guys are gone. Yo. I think those long dick criminals from the escaped convicts in New York City, those guys are gone. If you didn't catch them yet. They're fucking out. They got on the plane and they cooling somewhere. Yeah. Laying pipe. You know, it's funny. Isn't it? It's interesting because in, 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 in New York, it's such a, a walking city. Out here, I've been having to drive your ass everywhere. Yeah, I know. I, and I'll never let you drive my car because I don't find you, G. Moody, to be a safe driver. You do an underhanded turn. I've never do that liked no that. More. I, you don't yeah. do your underhanded turn? Yeah. I don't, I've never liked it, and it's always made me feel comfortable. <laughs> it's a one handed underhand turn, and it's almost like you're, you're. You can't get it. I don't like it. So I'm, you're not, I have to fucking drive this guy all over the fucking place. But we've been in the streets with the people and the mountains, the restaurants, uh, uh, the different hangout spots. But the thing I, I, I see, man, you know, you know, I'm walking with a celebrity and a lot of guys are pitching things to you. Right? People come up, they want to talk. They have and ideas. I noticed that they talk long. And we get annoyed. No, matter of fact, you get annoyed. No, you get annoyed. Because I, I th- let motherfucker talk to me. My thing is, it should be 15 seconds. <laughs> you should get 15. Because you're just coming up on, rolling up on somebody, and you're talking about your cousin and all that. You're going yeah, into you, a you, gray you, area you, 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 you. where motherfuckers is going to say, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> See, me, me and G Monetti, we ran into a guy uh, who was telling us that he was a uh, 
a musician, okay, and then and then and then and then he, he makes hip hop okay. And then somehow the other day we were at the Mac store and, and the guy started talking about his cousin and that his cousin's cousin uh, yeah. and then and, and, and all this other bullshit. I'm saying you should say you got fifteen seconds. If you're pitching, if money just telling you I love your work. You're a great cool. actor. I'll take that all right, day. That's great. Give it to me. But if money is talking uh, about movies and this and that, 15 seconds, B. Okay. Well, why don't you fucking do something about See, that? See, now I'm You're here now. You're not monitoring shit. I just checked it out, and I saw how they annoy the whole situation where we're just looking at each other like, when is this fucking guy going to stop talking? I don't, I don't, I don't know that you. That bothers you. I don't know you, but I really don't know your cousin that you're telling me about. Right. We from New York. How the fuck we gonna know a cousin? You from saying, we don't even know, I just met you and now you're telling me about your, your cousin, cousin and your cousin's cousin. See, I'm I not I, a celebrity. I fucking witnessed that shit. Yes. And I was like, damn, I don't know how my man handles it. Remember in Los Angeles, we, we, we were hanging out at the improv, the improvisation, the comedy club in 1985. Was yes. it 85? 86. 86? Run DMC, Raising we Hell. We were pumping that. Yes, yes. That's that's how you know the year. <laughs> yes. I don't know years, though. Like 86, 86 Raising Hell came out. We were at see. So let me ask you a question. We, we've had a ride. See, people have been asking uh, a couple of people. Well, one person. See, I try to make people like we're like it's a whole like thing of like people want to know. Right. One person... Well, it's two people. G Monetti, now they call him the Black Ed McMahon, and, and he's a sidekick for uh, one of the most popular podcasts in, in the, the land, world. a worldwide phenomenon. Like, how did we meet? Like, when? Like, we, 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 we met, me and G Monetti, I'm 45. G Monetti, Gerald, G Moody, Mr. Moody is 46, mm-hmm. right? That is correct. We met in 82. Me and G Monetti playing ball. Playing ball. I think it was the, I feel like it was the winter of 82. I was in the seventh grade. And in, in New yeah. York City, eighty two. Because I was in power in eighty three. Eighty three. So it was, the, it was the winter. The winter of the sun, The winter of eighty three. We met playing ball, and uh, a mutual friend introduced us. And that's how many fucking years ago is that? Thirty four. Thirty four fucking years of this shit. So we've essentially been doing this podcast. Look, see, the reason we're, we've been doing this podcast different. We just haven't been recording it for. This is what we three we, decades. We've been. This is what we do. This is this is what we talk shit. Talk shit. Word up. And, and we met. Gerald is from the Brownsville section of Brooklyn, and I met. I'm from Manhattan, and this relationship, this sort of unusual. Uh, relationship uh, that we we've had that's been all, all over these years. We 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 got to witness things that we wouldn't had we not met. Yeah, like I, I grew up getting to go. Like you have to understand, like my time that I got to spend from the Upper East Side of Manhattan and then going to the Brownsville section of Brooklyn. It's like. If Going Woody Allen and, and, and Mike Tyson had dinner, right. like not to say that like all there's all just nebbishy Jews on the Upper East Side. But if you're not from New York, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Woody Allen and Mike Tyson. Gerald's not Mike Tyson and tough and tough. And he's not like he's acts like that. But he's from that same neighborhood. I'm trying to give you a picture of what the neighbor. So when I would go visit Gerald in Brownsville in 1983, I'm 13 years old. I, I am white. Mm-hmm. It would be cool if I said back then I was black and then I turned white. Or like Ray, Ray, Rachel Doe. <laughs> like like Ray I was black and then in, since 96 I turned white. <laughs> yeah. When's that person going to come out? 
Yeah. When is that motherfucker? Someone's gonna call. Like now, I'm white. Like you, you've changed. So I, I feel white. Right. Jesus. Now go. Okay. So I would go around his neighborhood, and he lived in the projects of Brownsville. Howard Project. Howard Projects. Yeah. Look it up. And and people that are from Brownsville, Mike Tyson is probably the most famous person. Who else that is from Brownsville section of Brooklyn? World be free. Riddick Bowe. Jimmy Smith grew up in Brownsville. Willie Randolph. Yes. Lyle Alzado. It used to be, if you look at the opening sequence of Goodfellas or one of the opening sequences of Good Places, it says a certain street, blah, 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 East New York. Brooklyn mm-hmm. and East New York and Browns like but they neighbors and it used to be like a Jew a Jew my grandmother grew up in Brownsville yeah and then now it's no Jews no Jews there's no Jews no. so when I came around there in 1983 to to play basketball when, when we were hanging out I remember the first time that I walked through Howard Projects. Uh, I it was as if like a fucking like a fucking spaceman landed there. Right, right. And the reason why was because of what? What were the realities of that? Like, do you remember that? That they've never seen, you know, a white person come through, hang a kid, out, a kid, a too. kid too. They it was cops. You right. were really it, this all, is all real talk. Cops. You would only see cops that right. are white in this neighborhood. This right. is no bullshit. Right. So to see you, of course, and you there hanging out playing ball. And we all cooling out. Of course, it's people going to look and stare. Stare. And I remember one little kid. How did you feel? I never asked you that. You know, in a weird way, it, it was almost like it, it was almost like uh, setting me up. That whole experience, not just then, that moment, but that whole experience of being sort of, you know, like, not, not an outcast, but just that uniqueness is similar to like famousness, getting mm. fame. Because you, I was looked upon like because it was like people would call, yo you that kid from Brooklyn you that that's what it was like right right but but the first time I walked through there in eighty three I remember a, a, like a six or seven year old little kid was touching my face right and and the mom says she's never touched a white person before right. and I was like you remember that I remember yeah, that yeah. shit yeah I mean so so for me and you you're in the projects I'm on the Upper East Side I live in like a regular apartment building but like to go up I mean this is this is the projects in 1983 so all that crack shit you're talking about all that crime Mike Tyson was out this is when Mike Tyson was in Brownsville terrorizing mm-hmm. Brownsville mm-hmm. terrorizing Brooklyn and yeah. there was hundreds of Mike Tysons yeah all over Mike Tyson's just the one who made it as a boxer, but there's there's Mike Tyson's that are now deceased. There's Mike Tyson's that are in jail. There's Mike Tyson's that have come out of jail and that are doing well. Like from this neighborhood, that reference of like rough and tumble, hard. thuggish, criminal, hard living, hard living, hard good, bad, living. and everything in between. We're not glorifying it because it's certainly it, listen. A lot of people died. This is a fucking. This is still a bad neighborhood. Yeah, Brownsville yeah. section of Brooklyn. Yeah. But but coming out there, it was it was just an interesting time, and we we came together, played ball. We both love basketball. We both love hip hop. You uh, you never break danced, huh? No. People no. think that if you're from New York and you're from the, the you don't break dance. Huh? No. no, you don't do graffiti. No, nope. No. But we were around it and we loved it. You never rapped, G Monetti. No. No. Brooke, but let me go back. Brooklyn at that time was not like Brooklyn today. No, 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 no. Like no, you no. couldn't. Wear shit like certain shit, not no gang shit. You just get your shit taken, taken. Your pockets dug. What that means is it's not pickpocketed, where people go into your pockets, rifling through your shit while, while they're looking at you. Yeah, 
Do you understand? Like, so they're looking at you, talking to you, and going through your pockets. So now we have gentrification. So whereas Rockaway Avenue on the A train was all black, Ralph Avenue, Utica, now all you see is white folks. So Brooklyn, white heads. Right. So the Brooklyn we're talking about. It doesn't no exist anymore. It doesn't exist right. anymore. And, and listen, you're there in I'm that there, time. But, but, but right <laughs> now, let's just articulate. I'm going to say it one more time. Not This isn't I was a tough guy. The reason why I was able to make it and be sort of accepted in this neighborhood is because Gerald grew up there. I played ball. And because Gerald was well, like, we were kids. Right. We weren't in, like, his, our whole little clique of dudes, they were ball players. But then there was, or there were dudes at the time that were ball players, but then they started branching out into criminals. Yes. Like, we have a very good friend who I... I met in 1983 who was a great ball player, one of the best ball players, but then two years later, he's one of the most talked about, feared criminals in Brooklyn. Yeah. And that means if you're from Brooklyn at that, that time, you, if, you say, if we said his name, you would go, and you were in that world, you knew who he yeah, was. Exactly. Like, this is the kind of shit that was going on. Yep. And, and Gerald, in hindsight, would be coming to the east side of Manhattan, oh, which... Man. Like, I mean, you're coming to my crib. There's like, you know, like a doorman building. I don't have a doorman, but like it, it's, it's a regular building. It, 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 it's more of a like, you know, like what are you seeing over there? Like you were tripping out. Off I was of, fucking bugging the fuck out. Oh, for what? You <laughs> bugged out off of the, like the Knicks games or some Yo, shit? I came to your crib. Cable didn't exist in Brownsville oh, at this time. Did. Tell this story. In 1983, there was not Time Warner or Manhattan Cable in, because Cable wasn't everywhere at the time anyway. Right. But the last people to get it were in Brownsville. The projects, that's the fucking last. That's the very last place. Yeah. <laughs> so when Gerald came to my my parent, my father's apartment, my apartment, and you saw what? I saw a fucking the TV and a fucking little box on top of the TV. And I'm like, what the fuck I is that? You, <laughs> you never saw one of those? Yeah. Before? Like I'm like, oh shit. Well, I like just see it. I'm like, nah, what, what? all right, whatever. And then we watching the game MSG Network. I said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> In my mind, you because it didn't you like didn't, yo Madison Square Garden got a fucking network. And but you never told me at the time that no. And but I never thought like that was anything, right? Yeah, I mean we're just kids. We're in the room and shit. But that was like so I you, was flabbergasted. I was like, "Oh shit!" I I, I went to your crib the first time I had. Chitlins, like a lot of my oh Mike, you think you're black? A lot oh Mike, you 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 grew up around black people, all that. But whatever it is, some people don't ask questions. But I I go after the white people that I I, I sometimes say this who you think you're black. That's I've only been uh, accused or, or or asked that by white people. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what that means, and I'm right. the fr- I'm white. I'm right. not like I'm not. This is no racial right. shit, but it's just I I know there's because there's some white people they they don't like that, right? I, and those same white people that that don't like that another white person would hang around black people are the same white people that are gonna give Rachel Dozel Rachel Dozel they're 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 not having that. Yeah, these are the white people that yeah. invented the term wigger, right? These That's, are the white people that if you are a white person with black friends, you're worse than a black person. No. These are these are the, that's those kinds that's of white these people. Motherfuckers. They're, 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 they exist. And and they'll speak to me differently than they'll speak to you. Right. Yeah, they're they're ones to watch out. Not to say that all because this, this is not a partial show, because uh this isn't like all oh, the white guys great and the black people are are bad because uh 
that's not true either because no. there's, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of fucks out there that Everybody. are black and there's uh, the ones that are white. But so you, this is no liberal shit. I wouldn't say this is a liberal podcast. Would you no. say this is a liberal podcast? We go back and forth. Yeah, we're liberal. We don't, we don't pick sides. This sometimes. is the I Am Rappaport <laughs> podcast. We will take bribes from any political party that wants us. If you want uh, us to back your political movement, we'll only do it for money and or sponsorship for the I Am Rappaport podcast. That's for sure. But other than that, we're probably just not going to fuck with you. We're like, we're, we're, we're not in that. We don't so anyway, shit. so 83, 98.7 KISS FM. 107.5 WBLS. BLS. This is where we're getting the majority of the hip hop. Uh, I, I, I could say you weren't like a record buyer. We didn't go to the store no, to buy Molly Mall, Red Alert, DJ Red Alert, Mr. P- Magic, P Fine, yes, 89.1, uh, motherfucking Awesome 2, Awesome 2, Teddy Ted. We're listening to the radio. Hip hop is a big deal. Getting tapes. Getting uh, shit off the radio, it is a big deal. That's yes. the only way I'm getting the music, except for my father's bringing home uh, records from WKTU Disco 92. My father was the program manager, no, the general manager of a radio station, and he would bring home records. I had Rapper's Delight before it was actually released as a promo copy. I saw, I saw the vinyl in your fucking closet. The orange copy. It's yep. a promotional copy. I still have it. Uh, it's, maybe it's worth something. Again, I wanna, maybe we'll sell that fucker. Uh, yeah. uh, if we're not getting any uh, political bribes, um, but I remember the first time I had chitlins, um, <laughs> and I loved them. I didn't bat an eye at you the. You can't fo- eat everybody chitlins. Motherfuckers don't clean it right. Go, but go ahead. I know I can't eat. It. You think Rachel knows that? Rachel Dogel. Yeah, but I digress. I, wonder, I guarantee you, she knows how to make chitlins. I bet she studied up on all her black shit, all her soul food shit. Right. She could probably cook some fucking shit. <laughs> She probably doesn't eat like regular, regular food. Like she, her, she probably has the most unhealthy, <laughs> fucked up. Like she has the soul food that no one makes that, anymore. Black people don't fuck yeah, with like no more. Black people like this shit is too. This That's is not healthy. Yeah. We can't eat this shit anymore. Like she's got old recipe because she's pork. she's so black. <laughs> but but the chitlins that I I remember one time in 1984 I was we got home some to your apartment uh, in in the Howard Projects 1560 East New York Avenue and I was looking for some food in the kitchen and and in a very I remember your mom. I was, I was, I was, I was probably in shorts or sweatpants. Your mom caught me with my bare hand in a pot of chitlins, mm-hmm. and she said, "Oh no, you want something to eat?" And I was like, "Ah, no!" I was just so embarrassed. <laughs> right. But I was, I had my hand. She caught me red-handed yeah, with was, my hands in the chitlins. Yeah, you was digging in that. Why shouldn't I be? Yeah. I, I, I didn't bat an eye. I didn't yeah. even know what the fuck. That, I mean, that <laughs> yeah. was some good shit because yeah. I grew up with a father cooking who didn't like to, nor could he really cook. Right. So when I was eating that macaroni cheese, that South Carolina chicken yeah. livers oh, and oh. Fri- chicken, straight soul food, yeah. fish, the, the, the fried fish, the catfish. Yes. Uh, all that good sweet shit. Sweet potato, banana pudding. <clears throat> and uh, all of our other friends, I'd go over there and eat. And eat and eat and eat. I mean, I was eating some good shit. Good shit. Yeah, uh, George, his mom was more like on some Caribbean, Panamanian shit. So like they were. Yo, I was. Eula Green. Yo, I would go into these these dudes' cribs, thirteen and fourteen, after growing up with a single dad who couldn't cook dick. Couldn't cook. My father's specialty is he would take a chopstick, put it in the oven, unseasoned, 
bring it out, cut it into little pieces, take boiled pasta, that the, the, the pasta, <laughs> mix it into the steak, right. and then open a jar of ragu, not heat the jar of a ragu. Okay, everything's hot. The steak's hot, and, right. and, and the spaghetti's hot, or the rigatoni's hot. And then stir the whole fucking thing up. <laughs> and, and, and when he made that, it was like Christmas dinner at my house. <laughs> That's what we ate, me and my brother. And my, I have a great father, but he right. couldn't cook shit. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to... Cooking for two boys on right. a pre... Like, it, you know, the thing is, is that why do anything? Because boys will eat anything. Like, at, at that point, I eat any fucking thing. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like my kids today, my kids, they eat sushi and like they're they have like opinions about food. There yeah. was no opinion about food. Mac, you want to get that mac and cheese and them turkey wings, or you might want to just get that steak in the ragu sauce. Right. And I don't give a fuck. What it is, kids yeah. will eat anything. Parents that are going out of their way trying to feed their kids healthy shit. And that are got their kids on vegetarian diets, and oh, I take my kids this, or I, I, you know, I, I do it too. I take my kids to nice places to eat, as if they have a fucking choice. How about I don't fucking feed you? How about you don't eat anything? <laughs> right, right, right. You got. I had I had TV dinners and shit, like, and I, 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 two TV dinners. I was fucking head over heels besides myself, and these fucking kids are eating at fucking four star restaurants. That's right. We we take your daughter and my kids to eat like crab, like like crab rolls and lobster, yeah. high end shit. Yeah. Yeah. If I stuck a fucking two hot dogs down my son's throat, they wouldn't know the fucking difference between a crab roll and two fucking hot dogs. I mean, yeah. you, you feed your daughter good. Good shit, man. We go out, we eat good shit. It's one shit. thing if you cook good shit, but right. then we, we, we take them to nice restaurants. Like, they have a fucking say in it. You yeah. won't eat, motherfucker. <laughs> That's right. How about that? How about that? I don't feed you. We didn't for, get for, none of this for, shit. You won't, you have, or you go, go, go to the, like, I would go get a fucking slice for 50 cents, and, 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 and I'd be fucking Happy. besides myself. My kid's eating sushi. My kid eats good food, man. We, we, you, you, your daughter eats lobsters. And- lobsters. Lobsters and all kind of ch- Chilean sea bass. Yeah, all that shit. You know? All that shit. Yo, man. Anyway, this is the I Am Rapport podcast, and, and we're out. <laughs>